It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Cause he sure missed you It's the Tarrant Show The Tarrant Show Now he's all booted up and ready to go It's the Tarrant Show A simple name We're a simple guy with a simple face It's the Tarrant Show Hello everyone and welcome to the Tarrant Show Today I am here to talk with my good friend Kevin Martin Uh, I spoke with him Roughly four years ago on the Terran show, we had a, a fun chat. I think we talked about like freezing our brains, something. Uh, but uh, he is back four years later to give an update on his life since then, uh, how he's feeling. I spoke to him around the new year and he was reflecting a bit on that and where he wants to move forward in the future. Uh, it's always a great time talking to Kevin. He's uh, he's an inspiring guy and uh, and somebody that I'm very happy is a friend of mine. So uh, here is my chat with Big Brother Canada winner, Kevin Martin. How you doing? Taryn, I'm good, buddy. I'm very, 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 very good. Uh, uh, I could use a lot of adjectives. I decided to use the word very six or seven times there. Mm. I am super blessed. Uh, you know, it's amazing. This is a perfect time to do this podcast. We're two days away from 2022 and I'm already in a reflectful state of mind. I'm not like big into new years, but I am big into like looking back at the year that was looking at it. Where did you succeed? Where did you maybe fall flat making goals for next year? I was, I have always been into the, the, the flip of the year, the new chapter, the fresh start. So this is a perfect time to do this podcast. We were just talking about how we did this. Uh, we did a deep dive interview four years ago in 2017. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be a fun one to go back and listen to <laughs> because I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm a different person than I was four years ago. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy this conversation a lot. What, what, how do you think you've changed the most since, since the last time? Since 2017? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there was just a, you know, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, I mean, back in 2017, when we talked, uh, I was 25. I, I feel like I've just had a lot of growth in my personal life, you know, emotionally, physically, I've gotten in some better shape as well, which has really helped mentally. I feel like I've worked through a lot of stuff, um, you know, some hidden trauma from the childhood years that I potentially had just ignored for for a long time and dealt with that and gotten through that. And, you know, it's t- it's it's when you're 18, 19. I feel like you were just kind of starting your life in a way in that at that age, historically, you leave your parents for the first time and then you are on your own. You have to provide for yourself and you have to make a life, you know? And so when I did that, you know, I feel like that was kind of the second birth of the life um, come to adulthood. And then you're figuring stuff out. And at least me in the young twenties, I thought I was a kind of a mature young 20 year old, Mm -hmm. but oh my, I mean, in hindsight, it's just like you're, you're, there's just, I mean, you have no experience and you're just learning to build confidence. You're learning to work through some, some negatives that come, some ups and downs. Life is hard, Taryn. 
life is tough sometimes and, yeah. and learning to deal with the, 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 the negativity and when you fail and just trying to pick yourself up and, and, and get back on the tracks, it's hard. So that's something I feel like I've developed a lot as we get to uh, my late twenties. I'm 29 in like five days, Taryn. My birthday's coming up. There you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, you, you've mentioned that you've been reflecting. Uh, what, what have you been reflecting on this year so far? This year specifically, I've been reflecting on a couple of things. First of all, um, uh, the value of life. I mean, that's kind of a broad <laughs> statement, but I just yesterday or two days ago got to meet my brand new nephew. I got to meet my nephew and say hi to him. I'm an uncle. Uh, it, it, my brother just had a baby with his beautiful wife and they have a beautiful child and it's the first baby in our family in like 18 years. So this child, this offspring is just, a, it was nice to meet him and, and hang out with him. And I've been reflecting on that a lot. Some family time. I was just hanging out with my wife's family in Mexico, different culture, different vibe, beautiful family down there. So I've been interacting with them and stuff and just trying to put it in perspective a little bit of, you know, like how personally blessed I am healthy, you know, uh, got a l amazing support system around me. And I'm just like, you know, life is hard right now, especially right now. I feel like the world is in a state of chaos that is unique, very, very, very unique to compared to previous years. There's always been kind of hard times in the world. But right now, I would say in my lifetime, at least, and I'm 28 years old, this is the biggest question mark that the world has faced right now in terms of a lot of things going on. So uh, in a state of kind of chaos, uh, I just had my best year emotionally. Physically, my relationships, I feel like, are the strongest they've ever been. My friendships, my family, the love that's in there, I feel like it's is peaking as well. Uh, and I just had an amazing year in my career. So I've been reflecting on all the the, the goodness this year, which which uh, I, I've been really appreciating. So where do you go from here as as this has been like the best year yet? What is yeah. what, what's the goal? Well, Taryn, we go to the moon, dude. We go <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> what is the moon? The moon. The moon to me is. Pure financial freedom, first of all. Uh, if you can get to the moon, you no longer have to exchange your time for money. Mm -hmm. Those are both individually very valuable resources. I think time is more valuable, though. We only got a short amount of it. We're only on this planet for a very short amount of time. When you spend your time, you cannot get it back. It is super, super valuable. So the moon, if you can reach pure financial freedom, where you can still earn income off of investments and you're just financially set, where you don't really have to worry about money anymore and you can just have pure financial freedom. Uh, that doesn't mean don't work. I'll still be involved in hobbies and, and interest and stuff. But that means I no longer have to give my time to receive currency to live. Mm -hmm. um, and you can just do whatever you want for the rest of the time you got. So, so that's, that's one thing. We want to go to the moon. That's that's a that's a big goal. Uh, are you do you feel like that's attainable in a in, in the short term or is it something that you still feel is, is kind of like a little bit out? Uh, I think I can reach the moon in like seven years, hopefully. Seven years? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, these little these little goals or whatever, you know, I had a I had a moon moonish kind of goal when I was 25 and I didn't hit that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, growing up. um my parents worked really hard. My mom was like, uh, she, you know, she didn't, she didn't work. She had four kids, just ran the household. My dad worked really hard to make an income. Um, and I think both us kids would have appreciated more time with our parents. And I think our parents would have appreciated a relief of the financial burden as well. 
to spend more time with us as well. Um, and, you know, babies are popping up all over us. Peely and I were thinking about a family coming up. And, and if I can, you know, go to a part-time schedule or just be really involved with my children's lives, so I, th- I, I think that could be a, a big benefit. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the moon. The moon is the moon because, of course, you know, having money is, is nice and having that financial freedom, but just allows you to just be with the people you want, spend time with the people you want, tra- travel all over the world and have experiences, have beautiful uh, experiences with the people that you care about. So I think it's all kind of wrapped up in there. Uh, but it's tough to go to the moon, dude. Space travel is not easy. I mean, everyone's a lot of people are trying to go to the moon right now. So, uh, yeah. So uh, so you're thinking about starting a family. Is is that something that you're going to like wait until you're on the moon uh, or or is that something that you feel like you want to do soon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we're thinking about it kind of soon. So, uh, uh, in case your listeners don't know much about me, I mean, I just got married to my wonderful wife, uh, that I met on big brother Canada. It's pretty crazy that that's what was our first introduction. Uh, Taryn as an avid cover of big brother recalls the first moments we interacted on the live feeds. Yeah. Taryn literally saw our love blossom from a little seed. That's where it started a, a funny, silly reality show. And, and we just got married. So that was part of our, the amazing year as well. You know, I got, I proposed to Peely. We bought a house here in Canada and uh, we got married. So, I mean, those are some, some big milestones. So the pandemic was going, everything was chilling. And we said, why not? Let's progressive and get, get a couple of these things out of the way. And they were all magical. It was really, really cool to have this amazing year. You know, like, you know, if you told me, if you went back to when I was in my early twenties and you kind of wrote out what would happen in 2021, I'd be like, damn. Like that's, that's wild. Uh, you know, things have gone pretty well. I just feel so blessed and fortunate and lucky. Uh, but the thing is, Taryn, what I've really learned here um, is that the determination, there is a level of determination that you can get to in your brain that I truly believe this. And if you set a goal that is attainable, obviously, if you set a goal, I want to jump a hundred meters, you are out of the, uh, the the laws of reality. If you set a goal that is realistic and in your brain, you get to a state, an intense state where you say, I am going to do whatever it takes to achieve this goal. As long as it is a realistic goal, I really think it's possible. I really think it's possible. And you might fail a couple of times, but if you kept getting back on the horse and making it happen, um, I think it's very possible. There's been some stuff happening in my life that's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like this happened, like this happened, you know, like things I literally have dreamed of from being a teenager. So uh, I've been very fortunate. I work with a lot of amazing people. You know, I got all sorts of really sharp, smart, determined people kind of guiding me. I've, you know, built these amazing relationships and friendships and uh, we're making it happen to dude. Can you see me beaming through the camera here? I'm just like, yeah, I couldn't be in a better mood right now. We're at the high of all highs. Yes. So, uh, so starting a family though, you, you got married. Yes. You're thinking about having kids. We are thinking about having kids. Peely comes from a big family. She's, you know, 10, nine brothers and sisters. Family's very important to her. So yeah, we are thinking about that. When's that going to happen? I don't know. I mean, uh, there's a couple of things coming up, but still, but potentially a year and a half away, I could see it uh, being a big possibility. Do you feel like you feel like you're ready? For it, like in in every uh, I am not in a year and a half. Hopefully, I will be closer. But people say you're you can you're never really uh, yeah. ready for it. You know, um, thankfully, both Peely and I work from home full time. Uh, you know, we're not employed; we, we're self employed, so we get to you know 
I, th- I think we can maintain a schedule with having a child here. And, you know, I want to hire some superstar nanny to take care <laughs> of the baby, you know, but uh, I'm looking forward for all that. I, I, Tara, your, your, your friends and in, in, there must be kids all over in your life as well. Right. We're at that age. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, I feel like, um, you know, there were, there were like the rare occasions earlier, but it definitely feels like it starts around, around here, around like 30 ish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I personally, I feel like, like I, I'm not ready to have kids you're good like like i i'm not there yet um i like i feel like probably in the future at some point but nice um but you know uh it's it's i still feel like uh i'm I'm too too yeah it's too many things to do you know yeah i feel this i feel the same way for sure absolutely just you know life is so busy i feel like in my day-to-day schedule i'm already up to 100 percent, or maybe even over capacity right now it's like how can you add a child in there such a large responsibility you're literally charged with keeping this little infant alive and human babies in terms of self-preservation are pretty awful in the animal kingdom we have one of the worst infants (laughs) in terms of like surviving by themselves they're completely useless they can't do anything dude forever so yeah it's a big part of your life absolutely but i guess seeing that little my little nephew the other day and he Mm. looked at me in the eyes and (laughs) it wasn't like he knew even though we just met he knew i was family and he could tell i was talking to him and it was you know it was really it really touched my heart yeah i do have you considered like uh, because i've i've talked to a couple people already here uh on this sort of like revamp of the Terran show that have been homeschooled uh have you considered that uh that idea because it seems like you're the kind of person who has the means to do it uh it depends um my my mom did some homeschooling and stuff we were kind of a introverted nerdy family and uh there's pros and cons i think i think i think homeschooled children really do miss on an out on an opportunity to socialize with peers in their same age to get that contact do you know, you know, and obviously that experience going through junior high, at least for me, wasn't always pleasant. <laughs> and I think kids school for a lot of kids isn't always pleasant, but you actually grow from that and you learn and you and 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 that social interaction is very important. So maybe a hybrid of sorts, but yeah, I definitely want them to get a good education. Of course, that's that's one of the, the main, main, main priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Someone I talked to uh, mentioned that they basically had like a homeschool community where they mm. go out and socialize with other homeschool kids like all the time. And so that it felt somewhat, uh, you know, that's, similar. that's very cool. Yeah. In, in 2021, that going out and socializing, it's not been a very <laughs> common thing, especially right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we'll have to see. We're so, I mean, I like everything in life. I think there's some natural, uh, you know, I feel like everyone has natural instincts or whatever, but before the kids come, I'm just the kind of guy whenever I get into something and I get into a mm. uh, a sport or a subject or a topic or whatever, I, I like to do some research. I like yep. to look at some resources and say, okay, like, I, okay, I'll do my best, but also, you know, how can I be a better father? There's some books to read or there's some stuff to study that I can actually um, give this child a good life. And it's really, let's talk about this a little bit. It's uh, what, This is very, very, very interesting in that, Sometimes I feel like you can do too much as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're too non, we're too, you know, we don't have kids. We don't really know about this, but here, listen to my theory, Taryn, tell me if you agree with this or not. Sometimes I look at some of my friends who are doing really right well right now, very successful, driven, motivated. They're making it happen. And I find usually those people had some tough goes in their childhood. They had some situations where they had to adapt 
grow up fast. And then I look at some of my friends who, you know, grew up in a wealthy family, did got their first job when they were 21 and they are kind of floundering a little bit more, even though they had that nice upbringing. Once I, I, I feel like if you go through some, some shit when you're young, it can prepare you for life that can, can be an advantage. So how do you, how do you give that to your child? How do you give your child a loving close relationship, but how do you also teach them those, those good attributes of hard work of, of, you know, um, learning from your mistakes and, and being kind to others. It's tough. It's, you know, it's tough to raise a child. I think we'll, we'll do another Terran podcast in like yeah. four years and maybe I'll have a two-year-old then. It is. It's tough. Though. I mean, that is, that's one of like the biggest, you know, things that I've had to contend with in my life is just like, uh, like the amount of, uh, things that I went through as a kid and, and, you know, I, you know, the way that I, that I got through it was that I was able to take it and turn it into something positive. Right. And like, yeah. that's, that's how I survived. Um, but at the same time, you're like, nobody should ever have to go through that to get to where I am. Exactly. But you're right. I do like, and the thing is that I also tend, I, I feel like I tend to, even before I know a, a person's backstory, like the people that I just naturally tend to get along with. I'll be talking to them and they'll be like, yeah, shitty childhood, uh, parents divorced. It was terrible. It's like how do, it happens every single time. There's just something about us. Yeah. <laughs> like we just, we just naturally gravitate toward one another. And I also do think that like, they're all usually like pe- people who have, uh, people who survived it. And, and I think that's maybe a, a thing too, though. That's, we, there's a bit of a survivor bias where it's like, uh, you know, we yeah. don't, we don't really see the people who had terrible t- childhoods that never really got out of them. Um, and so, uh, it is tough. And I, and I also remember growing up and, and, you know, having friends who had like these happy, loving families and they were so happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, screw you, (laughs) (laughs) screw you and your happiness and your, and your well being. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, it is, it's, it's a weird thing and it's definitely like, uh, like what is the optimal way here? How do you Mm -hmm. introduce sort of like uh antagonistic force without while while still being like uh yeah. super loving and supporting creating an environment that you know it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. I think sports is a great way. I yeah. think sports was really good for me to get, you know, get on a a, a field of uh, not combat, but you're you're going <laughs> to war out there. <laughs> I was an intense child, man. I had two older brothers and our, our my dad was so intense in anything competition related, whether it was Monopoly or basketball. It's like you were playing to win. And then I was the little kid, right? I had two older brothers and an older dad. I wanted to impress them. And so I got like really, really intense when it comes to competition and played all the sports and stuff. And I, I found that was like really good to go compete and also lose. We touched on that earlier. Uh, that that's something specifically. I feel like I've just made leaps and bounds on uh, as an, a, an intense competitive person. Whenever I lost, it was devastating. It was so brutal. I didn't know how to deal with it because, in my view, I was kind of looking at results. Mm-hmm. I had results based thinking of black and white. I won at this activity. That means I did the right things. I prepared well. I played well then I deserve to win. And we're in the opposite. When I lost, it was like everything I did was a disaster. I'm not a good player. I can't like, it was so harsh to take these losses. And once you grow up and learn that, you know, people who are having success in business or, or poker or whatever, um, you got to eat losses, man. Sometimes you're just going to fall flat on your face and how you respond to that is just everything. Just 
you just have to let it go. And so like, you know, for example, in 2015, the first time I played big brother, I was a young 20 year old. It really hurt to lose that game and to lose and, and, you know, get voted out by your peers. It's like, not only did you lose, but you got voted out and it's just like, they didn't want you there anymore. It's like, it was so brutal, but you know, I, I would think that if I would to ever do a reality show again and ended up losing, I would be able to deal with it much better as I near 30 than I did in my early twenties. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, yeah. do, do, do you bounce back easily, Taryn? Is that something I think that you're good at? I think I do now. Um, it's, but I, I was the same and I think maybe that's, you know, maybe that's part of where, cause I think we both have what you talked about before, like the, this like determination and drive to just yeah. like, when you get into something, you're just like, all right. <laughs> Time yeah. to time to solve this, right? Like time to just master this thing. Um, and you know, like when when I grew up, you know, being good at something was like the 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 only time that I was able to feel seen, and mm-hmm. like like that was my identity. It was like I'm smart, I'm good at things, I win, uh, and that's when people are like, "Oh, hey, it's Taryn." Um, yeah. And so when you don't, it's like part of your identity is failing and that you're like, who am I anymore if I can't yeah. win? Um, and so uh, I, I think that the the way that, you know, I was able to shift that is is what you're talking about, where it's like instead of feeling like I have to win, uh, I want to instead be uh, I have a different identity and my identity is going to be the person who will just be determined and, and mm-hmm. will not, you know, I can win, lose. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep trying. Um, and, and if I hold on to that as my identity, it doesn't really matter to me if I lose anymore because, uh, you know, that's just, just providing me an opportunity to prove to myself yeah. that I am who I think I am. That that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You nailed that. And I identify with a lot of that as well. Um, I also in going into my late twenties have switched the identity from not having to win, not having to show the result, but more having to uh, be happy with the process. Mm -hmm. Did I show up prepared? Was I ready to do my best? And did I perform um, with intensity? Did I, you know, did I, did I put my everything into the project or the poker session or the, the game or whatever? And if I did those two things, I'm good, regardless of the result. That's all you can do. That's all you can control. And so focusing on the result, which is not always in your control can be a very negative thing especially in something like high stakes poker when, mm. you know, I've had sessions where I leave my computer turn and I'll, I'll be up $5,000. I was like, I actually did not do my best today. I wasn't very focused, but I ended up getting lucky and winning. And then there's sessions where I've lost $10,000 and it's like, I actually played really well today and the bounces just didn't go my way. So really ignoring that result uh, has been a big, big, big thing for me to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I love playing poker. We probably talked about this four years ago, but, uh, you know, there, there's just something about like the adrenaline spike that I, because I never like dove into wanting to be, you know, full-time poker. Like I just never learned to handle it. Uh, and so that I am, I am not there with poker, uh, at this point. I, I'm still, I'm still like the first time I went to Reno when I won the one, one of those tournaments, I was just like, I'm still like, ha, boom. Did it. I won poker. Don't need yeah, to do yeah, it anymore. Does, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, when I, when I discovered poker that I, I, I was always looking for, you know, I never really knew what I was going to do in, in my life. Uh, I knew I wanted to go to the moon. That was mm-hmm. a strong goal from my teenage years. I just didn't know what the vessel would be to get there. Um, and I just, even up until when I was 21, I really didn't know. As soon as I discovered poker, 
like, this is it. This is it. I can do this. And I quit my radio job, you know, after playing my first session, essentially two months later, 60 days later, I quit my job. It was like, I'm, I'm going full time. I can do this. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful game, dude. Uh, Taron poker is so great, man. It's just so good, dude. I, I pump this game all the time. Uh, it's not, you know, we are talking about the luck factor or whatever. So, you know, there's game, imagine games on a, on a scale and on the side of the pure skill, you get games like chess. You know, if you're playing a chess master, you will win zero out of 100 games. Mm-hmm. They will, they will beat you every time. Uh, poker is cranked on the side of luck and variance. There's so much fuckery, you know, but there is a skill game. So, you know, if Taryn, if Taryn, if you played a grandmaster in chess, you would probably win zero times. Mm-hmm. If you played a grandmaster in poker, you might win 40 times out mm-hmm. of a hundred, maybe 38. You could get some W's. You're not going to win more than him. If he's a good player, of course, um, we talk about this all the time. There's a reason there's, you know, it's really hard to be a professional chess player. You can do it. If you get to the top infinite level of chess skill, it's possible. You can make a living doing it, but poker is this rich economy where there's a lot of money in it because the recreational player wins once in a while. They have a chance, you know, nobody's going to go into a $10,000 chess tournament where you have a 0% chance to win. It doesn't make any sense. But a lot of people will go into a poker tournament because they do know they have a chance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm riding high, dude. I've been, I've had a good poker career, Taryn, but just recently we were trying to crank the dial up a lot more and, uh, and, and get to that next step. Well, I know you, you very recently won the, the biggest, uh, tournament of, of your career. Yeah. I just had my biggest month ever stoned biggest month ever. I've been doing it for seven years, December. And it was like, it was not only a big month, it was like such a breakthrough in such a big way. That was so exciting. And, and, uh, you know, so protect your dream home with American family insurance and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Just to, let's give people some backstory here of like, you know, you talked to me in 2017, uh, 2019, I actually stepped away from poker. I said, I'm burnt out. I'm done. I was just, you know, I was having some really, there was a bunch of family deaths going on that really rattled me and I had to deal with that. Um, and I just wasn't in a good place in life. I wasn't motivated. I was out of shape as the worst shape I'd ever been in. Um, so, you know, we have this massive pandemic coming at 2020 and it's just been obviously horribly. It's like, if, if you're a human, you felt the weight of the world and the anxiety on your heart. Like that's, it's been a really tough time for people. For me, I was, I saw it as an opportunity to, to really kind of just dial things back in, take a step back, reset a little bit. And my wife saw it as well. And so we kind of held each other accountable of like, this is it. You know, I've, I've wanted to get in shape my entire life from when I was 18 to, to all my twenties, I always wanted to get in shape. And, you know, like I saw guys like Demetri's with the six pack. I'm like, Oh, it looks so good, dude. Looking, you know, get, being in shape just looks so good. And I, every year I would try and fail. I tried five or six years in a row, but finally during this pandemic, I hired a trainer and, and locked it in. And that really helped. And it's like, you know, physically just feels so good this year. And we worked on all this because I've been working with, I've been working with a guy, basically I've been working with a life coach and I told him my goals and he's like, okay, these are lofty goals, but like, 
we can make it happen. And, and me, him, I got some other people I work with. We've really locked in this idea that <laughs> obviously we talked about this before. There are, you know, some things in life that are not possible. If I wanted to be in the NBA, I'm short. It's not likely going to happen, right? There are some things that can't happen, but with poker, anybody can play it. It's a mental game. So for this past year entirely, like people saw the win in the December, they saw the great month I have because I create content, but they didn't see the work I put in previous in the past year of, of studying and working out and trying to get my body in good shape and physically. So I have stamina. These poker tournaments are very long, sometimes 10 hours plus. And there's a huge advantage if, if, if you can mentally have your your brain performing 10 hours into a day, a lot of people fade. It's a real, real thing. So physically getting in my brain into a good space to, to, to tackle my poker career once again. So I had, a, you know, I had a six year poker career. I was a winner. I was always doing okay, but I never really took a run at being a really high level player. And this year I said, let's do it. Let's do it. So I got the coach, you know, he's been teaching me all these, all these programs, how to study at a high level, what stuff to look at. It's like, and it's happening, dude. It's happening. I just had the biggest month ever, you know, like this summer, I, I, I literally called it the summer of study. It was a little thing I had going on in my life where every day for an hour and a half in the summer, I sat down and studied poker theory and I studied, I had no distractions. It's very tough. It's very, very hard. You're, you know, there's so much entertainment going on. It's very tough to, it's really dry material. It's not like a super stimulating process, but I did it this summer. I studied a hundred hours of, of poker theory and I've been working, working, working. And then to break through with the month I just have, it's like, Bro, I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it how good it was. So, and then, you know, who knows what could happen? Who knows? Like I'm still working with these guys and like, I got a huge year coming up. There's a bunch of online tournaments. There's Vegas, there's WSOP again, there's live events. It's like, I'm really, I'm really going for it. I'm really, really, really excited. And I know I just, I can improve so much more and I can get to, I can keep improving my poker skill, but it's been ever, uh, it's been everything. I've been working on my poker skill, my physical stamina, my mental game. And I feel like it's all coming together and, and the month, you know, I just had was extremely lucky and extremely awesome, but I performed at a really high level and, and I won a lot of money. So it's very exciting. Well, I know, I know you had a, a tough month right before yeah. uh, was like, explain to me your mindset there. Like, were you able to just like, be like, this is fine. This is not a big deal. Uh, yeah. It must've been tough after all the studying to have such a bad month. Exactly. 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 But I, I, I bought into to, to changing uh, the process. This is an analogy that I think a lot of people will resonate with is for six years, I played poker in a certain style. I studied the game and developed a style. Mm -hmm. I kind of had like a golf swing mm -hmm. that I played with. Right. And when I went to my coaches and I said, I want to get to the next level, they said, OK, you can do it. It's going to be tough. You have to relearn how to swing the club. Mm -hmm. basically. And all that work I did was relearning the fundamentals of poker theory of how the game operates. So I essentially over the month, over the summer, I changed my golf swing and instantly there was a massive drop off in performance. I couldn't hit the ball. I was shanking it all over the place, right? I was messing up all sorts of poker hands. I was playing poker in a different style, but they just said, stick with it, stay with it, keep going with this. And eventually it kind of clicked and I've, and, you know, I've made it through and there will be, there will be losing months. That's always going to happen in poker, but I'm playing at a very, um, this new style that I've locked in is just so exciting. And I, I've got through that phase. There was going to be a drop off before a rise because I changed my game basically. And I, we're starting to see that rise, which is, 
uh, you know, just, <laughs> I still, I, I'm just tickled pink about it, you know? Uh, do you, so I, I know this is, this is something about me where I, 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 again, I have the same sort of thing where I just like, I dive into something. I just you mm. know dedicate so much of my time and that's like that, that feels very good, right? Like that's like, yep. that's the thing. That's the thing that you're chasing is the chase. Um, yeah. I sometimes have a thing though, where once I, once I accomplish it, once I'm like, haha. Now I'm great at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as fun anymore because I'm not getting better as fast. Um, and and I want to like move on to a new thing to get better at. Uh, yeah. Do you do you do you find that happens to you at all? Uh, with certain things, with certain things, absolutely. Once you when, if a game is solvable, once you solve it, it feels like, you know, tic-tac-toe. There aren't too many tic-tac-toe <laughs> tournaments. There's an optimized pattern to play tic-tac-toe. You know, uh, poker is unlimited, though. Mm-hmm. Even the best players in the world right. study actively to learn the game, because basically this might be a tangent. This might be kind of some thick uh, analytical stuff for a lot of people. But I think a lot of people would enjoy this. Basically, the top poker players in the world study computers. Computers have gotten better than humans at poker. Just like in the 90s, there was a big thing going on in the 90s about computers playing humans in chess. Humans were always the better players. But in the mid-90s and late 90s, computers overtook humans as optimal chess players. Computers, Taryn, are really good at games. They're really good at games. It's just a series of data. And if they can analyze it, and the thing about computers is they can play the game millions of times and learn from it. This, these AI uh, operating systems are very powerful. So a couple of years ago, basically, poker software overtook humans' abilities, uh, the human ability to play No Limit Hold'em. Um, so that's what I did this summer. And that's what a lot of the top players do is they actually study computers playing poker and they look at the strategies that computers come up with and ask themselves what is going on here and try to learn from that. Uh, so that's a bit of a tangent about poker study that I, I love that stuff. I think it's so nerdy and so cool. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, follow up on that question again. There was somewhere else we were leading that was really good. Oh, I mean, I, I just I, I think I think you have a good point about poker where, you know, because of the nature of uh, it, yes. uh, it's it's easier to have like an unlimited ceiling there yeah. of just like you're because you're always going to have down downturns. Uh, yeah. So like the winds, I mean, it's it's a natural process. People get addicted to gambling because it's so it's so returnable. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, so I can see how that how that would be uh, something yeah. that, that you, you don't really get sick of in terms yeah. of like improvement. By the way, I do want to make a clarification for your audience. What I do is a form of gambling. Mm-hmm. That is true. I am not a gambler. Mm-hmm. I have never found recreationally gambling that satisfying. Poker has an edge. I am playing at a mathematical edge in the games I play. And that's why I got so excited about poker. I didn't get excited about roulette. There's nothing to get excited about. You play roulette, you're going to lose money to the casino. There's a reason why the gambling industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. There's a reason why the lights in Las Vegas are so bright. People fly there. They play blackjack roulette. They lose and they go home. And that's the experience. Once in a while, one person will win. But if somebody makes, you know, 15 to 20 trips to Las Vegas and recreational gamblings, uh, gambles, I would bet almost all my money that they will leave a loser. The math is not in their favor. There's a reason the casino, you know, uh, is, is such a prosperous business. What I'm attempting to do in poker when I play poker is become the casino. Mm. Poker is human versus human. Now, the casino does take a rake. They take a small amount of, out of every tournament prize pool and every tournament pot. 
once you're playing human versus human, the human with the better strategy will have an edge and they're going to win more pots. They're going to win more chips. So yeah, my parents, I mean, uh, when I went to them and told them I was going to be a professional poker player, you know, they, they were like, this is, this is dumb. This is not going to work. But I was like, look, I have the data. Look, I'm winning at this rate. I mean, you know, I, my risk of ruin is very low and I showed them my graphs and stuff. And they're still like, come on, like good for you, Kevin. But they've, they've come around. They've been happy for the recent uh, upswing that I've had. So it's, uh, you know, my brothers cheer me on and stuff. They think it's so cool. Um, so it's, 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 it's been a, a great, great end to the year in that, in that regard. Do you have like higher aspirations? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, some of the big, you know, professional poker players, they're like, they're big names. Like, uh, yeah. do you feel like you have a chance to, to be up there in that, in that category? I can climb, dude. I can climb, man. And the, the other thing, I, because of combined my journey with content, that's that's what else has been really powerful. I, I, you know, I got into poker. I, I had these goals, but I, it wasn't behind closed doors. I was always making content, always streaming. You know, I started streaming poker back in 2015. So people play. People saw me play like two dollar tournaments in 2015, and and some of those same people watched me. You know, win like hundreds of thousands of dollars last month. And they've seen the entire journey, and they've they've been like, "This is so cool!" Because we remember when you were playing for five bucks. Now you're playing for thousands, and showing that journey has been really powerful. Powerful. In terms, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there is a group in the poker community called the High Rollers, and at every tournament, there, at every stop or whatever, there will be special High Roller tournaments. There'll be five thousand dollar buy-ins, ten thousand dollar buy-ins, twenty five Ks, sometimes fifty Ks, and you can even play a poker tournament for a hundred thousand dollars. The buy-in for one poker tournament. I want to get in that mix. Will I be able to beat those guys? They're the best players in the world. They're literally the, 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 they're like poker Avengers. These guys are so <laughs> good at cards. It's ridiculous, but I do want to get to a level where I can at least compete with them and, and get in the mix and maybe even win one of those tournaments. That's definitely an eventual goal for me. So there you go. Definitely, definitely have plenty of uh, things to achieve then. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. That's you were just saying. Yeah. Have you gotten bored with it? No, no, not at all. I, you know, most days I wake up and life is busy. I got my beautiful wife. I got responsibilities. But the main primary thoughts that dominate my brain is how can I get better at poker and how can I make better poker content? Mm-hmm. I want to I want to keep showing people like uh, how how crazy this game is and make content. So. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, you know, we're seven years in. I feel like I took that break in 2019. I feel like I've had a revitalization. I'm like, let's go again, dude. So yeah, we're firing away. I can't wait for this uh, 2022, man. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it just goes very well. What's what's the latest thing that you've come up with in terms of content? Yeah, there's a couple of things going on. I mean, the, the, the classic is live streaming online tournaments. That is really, really, really good content. I do want to venture into the TikTok world a little bit and make some more short form content. You know, every, every platform has basically identified this, this, this really catchy, grabby, loud type of content that people just scroll on. I think it's very bad for humans just to sit there and spend like an hour on TikTok. Uh, but, you know, TikTok, the reels on Instagram, I'm going to start developing some of that stuff. And there's also some other things we got going on with, uh, with uh, some, some poker content. So yeah, I got, you know, a team of editors were working on making some stuff and, and uh, uh, yeah, big year, dude, big, big year. Very cool. 
Um, and you mentioned like physically you're, you're, uh, you're in the best shape ever. Yeah, dude, you're hitting the gym, man. I see you, you know, this is a, this is a thing. I never, you know, I talk about this on social media a a lot and there is a fair amount of people that are like, shut up. We don't want to hear this stuff from you. Um, but whatever, I'm going to talk about it, man. It's like, uh, life is better if you're fit. If, if you were in good shape, I think I, I have found life so much more enjoyable in my late twenties than the early twenties. I had a great life in my early twenties, but you know, I was not healthy. I always thought I had sleeping issues. I could never sleep consistently the entire night. I would always wake up. I would always wake up tired every single morning. I would wake up tired. It was like, Oh my God, I wish I was better rested. Um, every single morning. I just thought I was a bad sleeper. Little did I know that you can optimize these things. You can get these things under control diet. I never had it figured out. I never used to work out consistently. And while I was not in terrible shape, my body just wasn't functioning super well. Now I have energy. I wake up, bam, I, I get eight and a half hours of sleep. I track my sleep. I get data on my sleep. So I know when I've had good sleeps and bad sleeps. And I can also, you know, do harder projects when I've had a good sleep. If I had a bad sleep, maybe today's the day to take off and kind of like, optimize that. I'm going to do better work when I'm well rested. So that's been really effective. I've been working with the trainer who's taught me how to, you know, lift weights and do all this stuff. And it's like, this is amazing, man. I wake up, I have tons of energy. You know, I, I feel better. I, I look better. I, I have life in my face. And I'm like, man, this is, this is, I've, you know, Peely has been a big inspiration. My wife is a, and a personal trainer. She's massively jacked and she always had this tons of energy. She had so much energy and I was always so jealous, uh, but I've caught up a little bit. Um, so yeah, feeling fantastic, Taryn. That's great. Um, so this is all, this is all amazing. Uh, I think hopefully inspiring. Uh, but, but how did you get here? Like, what was it that allowed you to, to go, okay, like, I, I know you mentioned it, like it happened, you know, when the pandemic hit, but you also said that like, there were a lot of challenges that happened. You've changed a lot. You've learned a lot, uh, since the last time we talked, um, like what was that journey? Yeah, it's it's tough to pinpoint it on one thing. Um, first of all was, I mean, being with, being with Peely was, was really, really encouraging. I have an amazing wife who's so supportive and, and always cheering me on. Having that support system is very powerful. I guess a couple other specifics was, um, uh, so when I got back, so I retired in 2019. When I decided to come back, I said, okay, if I'm going to come back into this industry, I want to leave my entire heart on the field and see what's really possible. First thing I did was hire a life coach slash therapist. Um, he is a mental performance coach. Uh, his name is Elliot Rochelle to Elliot. I work with him all the time. He works with other high level performers. He works with UFC fighters. He works with Olympians. He works with poker players. He works with day traders, basically people that are in intense professions with a high burnout rate. And they basically have to perform at a high level at the drop of a hat, you know? So like an Olympian, an Olympian, a skier will train for four years and they have 45 seconds on the Mogul run. What can they do to prepare them so that they are in a good state to perform at their highest level during that Mogul run? So I've been working with this guy and a couple of things he's told me or whatever. I was like, okay, like, come on, man. But I've, I've bought in, we've locked it in, we're working together and, and these amazing changes are happening. First of all, one of the things he told me is like, we, you need to optimize your life around you. You need to live with a professional mindset of you're going to exercise every day. Basically, doesn't mean necessarily you're going to go kill yourself in the gym. You need to, you know, your body is connected to your mind. 
It all works together. If you can get in better shape, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to have more energy. It's just going to be a complete overhaul for your life. So that's the first thing. Put me on an exercise plan, diet plan. Got me with the trainer. Got me with a poker coach. Okay, Kevin, you want to be a good poker player? Let's do some work. You're going to, you're going to study one, one hour per day. You're going to do it. You're going to sit your butt down. You're going to get off of Twitter. You're going to stay away from that junk. And you're actually going to study and make your dreams come. So buying into this stuff and actually putting in the work and actually doing the study, doing the exercise, getting the sleep optimized, and just kind of working on building, rebuilding my, my approach to life from the ground up and just kind of living you know, what, what do, what do people call it? Like the, you know, what's the, the millionaire mindset or whatever, just that mindset of like, I am going to do whatever I can do to make this a, a possibility. So working with him was absolutely, absolutely huge. And in, in 2019, there was also, I mean, those family deaths, very painful, very painful. But again, it was like, kind of like, you know, my, my dad passed away. I didn't want to like do it for my dad or whatever, but my dad was, uh, a guy who always wanted to go to the moon. He he, you know, he was really, really wanted a successful business or he really wanted to do something aggressive and, and make some money and, and make his dreams come true. And it, it didn't really happen for him in the way that he envisioned. And he passed away. Um, and there was something in there as like, I kind of, you know, wanted to do it for him a little bit. There was a little, I, I got that competitive spirit from my dad, you know, whenever I did well in sports, he was always pumped up about it. So I think that was part of it coming out of 2019, just that, that, you know, that realization of like, oh, we're in a pandemic right now. I'm 27 years old. Um, are we going to do this? Is it time? Like, are we actually going to actually put in the effort? to do it. And, and I just decided that it was worth it. And I was willing to, you know, sacrifice other things. I have some friends for whatever. I have a close social friend group, but there have been a lot of sacrifices. It's like, sorry, can't come to the party. I got this schedule. I got the schedule, got the schedule working a massive amount of hours per week, not to the rate of burnout, by the way, that's a thing. It's like work hard to make your dreams come true. That doesn't mean you do 18 hours a day. That just means you kind of do it smarter. You have things split up. You have a schedule. That was big. I mean, other practices in my life, I became a meditator under the recommendation of some people. Um, meditation means different things for different people. For me, it means that once per day for 10 minutes, at least I will go sit in silence and I will just be by myself. Sometimes that means you're actively thinking. Thinking is, is great. Sometimes that means you're just sitting there and, 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 and not thinking at all. Meditation means th different things for different reasons, but installing that practice was very beneficial for me this year as well. So that was big. Um, just all these little factors have just led to, you know, me, I, I feel like living a more energetic, fulfilling, intimate, present life, you know? And sometimes I, I you know, we watched big brother Canada, um, back. Remember we did that Taryn? Yeah. So I've done two seasons of big brother Canada. And I look back at the, at specifically season five when I was 25 and I'm like, man, that is a different kid in there, dude. That's a different kid tired, lethargic, not confident, unable to deal with adversity. You know, whenever there was a fight in the big brother house, I would just shy away. It's just like, get me away from this. I didn't want to deal with it. I, I almost wish I could like go through that experience again, like as a different person, you know, maybe, maybe it won't be big brother, maybe a different reality show or something. But like, I feel like I've just made such massive steps the last five years. Um, so yeah, I, th I think those were a couple of factors. There wasn't like one big, there's no magic pill or like take this and you, and, and, you know, it's kind of subscribing to that idea that if you can improve yourself just a little bit every day, if you can wake up and, and just uh, improve that tiny sliver of amount, as soon as you start doing that every day, 
the exponential power of that can take you to, to, to sites that you never dreamed possible. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's a point even before that where you basically have to think it's possible. And it's what yes. I talked about at the beginning where it's like, you're saying this, as long as you have the determination, it is possible. Yeah. But I think that if you are somebody that hasn't experienced any success like that, it's hard to imagine. It's like, yeah, well, okay, Kevin, you're Kevin Martin. Like, uh, like you, you've got this, you, you hired this person, like you're, you're in this place. Um, but it's, it's, that's not something that I could do. Right. Mm -hmm. But it might be, it might not be your approach. It might not be something you can do, but you can do something, you know, you can do like set, set that goal and make it happen. You know, I, I, as we are in the year 2021, the, the, the desire that people have for comfort is at an all time high. Uh, and comfort, comfort's great. Hey, I love comfort. I'm all about this. You know, I'm all about comfort, but intentionally taking your life into an uncomfortable place sometimes and doing things that in the short term are uncomfortable. Those things can provide a lot of comfort to your long-term life. Going to the gym for an hour. It doesn't have to be an hour going to the gym for 30 minutes, no matter the length of the time for someone who is out of shape is very, very tough. It is not fun to be there. You have to buy a membership. You have to go. It takes time. It takes effort and you leave feeling kind of shitty. The first time you exercise, it's not fun. And for the first month you exercise, it is not a fun experience, but if you can get through that and make it a routine, the results are going to show. So doing those things, and that was a great saying, saying that I learned, things that make you uncomfortable in the short term can often make you comfortable in the long term. And it's the opposite as well. Things that provide comfort in the short term, if you eat five donuts, that's a, it's pretty fun. That's a lot of dopamine. That's a lot of sugar. I mean, it's delicious. I ate like uh, a ton of biscuits, uh, you know, yesterday for the holiday season. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, really thinking about making those short-term sacrifices to having long-term success, I think is very important. How, how does this apply to your relationship? Because obviously if you, if you're looking back at, you know, the mm. Kevin of four years ago and you're like, this is a different person, um, that's going to have a massive impact on, uh, on your relationship that, that, you know, with Peely, how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, Peely, Peely is doing amazing things as well. Peely's grown and evolved and, and uh, Peely, the Peely, my big brother, I think Peely doesn't recognize that <laughs> lady anymore. We talk about that uh, a bunch of the times just with the, the relationships, you know, the, the thing that's changed is like more authenticity. I don't, I, I, I'm not worried about avoiding conflict. Sometimes um, my old take was like, just, I would just be so, you know, I am kind of a, a, a positive uh, person and and I am a person that people describe as nice, but often that was taken as like not being authentic. Now I'm like I'm, I'm more game to have some tough conversations with people, talk about things that are uncomfortable, and it's kind of like you know that state of being uncomfortable. It's like if you take a big breath of water and like let's say you have a tough conversation, let's say you know you, you're gonna you're what's an what's an example? Something bad happened anyway. You're gonna go confess that you did something bad to your your wife. It's like that 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 is not a thing that you want to do. You don't want to do that. It sucks, man. I want to go watch football, but actually going and having those tough conversations is something that has come up in my life. Um, and, and the the growth that, I mean, Peely has been on an incredible journey and I feel like she's done so many amazing things and, and we were working with to get each other and working with to get and kind of motivating each other. It's just a good little uh, piece of harmony. That's been very beneficial for us. Yeah. 
and and you mentioned that like having her as support has yeah. been uh, like vital. I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's self-employed. She'll have bad days. She'll say, Hey, a client like got mad at me and canceled or whatever. And she'll have ups and downs or whatever. And so I, I lift her up and then, you know, you know, like I just had that bad stretch in poker in Vegas. I lost 60 grand. Like, it's like, Oh my goodness. I was, of course I was down. She lifted me up. She, you got this, get back on the horse. And so us always pumping each other up and, and being there for each other. When we do have a dad down day, when we are learning to accept the loss, uh, it has lifted our spirits. I mean, I, I, I love my wife. She's so great, man. She's the best. I got a, I got a good one. So, uh, the, the, the thing about, you know, self-improvement is that, uh, you, you're always, you know, you're always looking forward. You're always looking at like the climb. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you look back, you're, you are, you're like, well, who is that person? Yeah. Um, if you had to sort of like guess right now, like wh- where are, and maybe you don't have to guess, but like, where are the pain points right now that you feel like that you still yeah. have room for improvement? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been thinking about these things as the year turns over. Okay. I just had a good year. I feel like I'm improving so many things. What's going on? The number, bro, I am addicted to my cell phone. <laughs> my screen time is, is embarrassing. And my use of time on these devices, because it's kind of with my job, I create content, right? So I'm going to be on these devices, but like, you know, the mindless scrolling of Twitter at two AM, which happens sometimes. It's like, that is something that I want to work on. And I mean, it's scary. We're all addicted to these things. Taryn, how's your cell phone usage? I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's mostly audiobooks, though. Mm, it's mostly uh, it, like my, my, the thing I do on my cell phone primarily is listen to an audiobook and play like Sudoku. Yeah. Which uh, I don't know. I like, feel like maybe like, that's a middle like my, ground. That, that's like my grandma, man. Darren's <laughs> <laughs> always had an old soul. Yeah. Very, very much so. Uh, yeah, what are so, you doing? What are you doing on your cell phone? Oh, just hopelessly addicted to short term dopamine hits. For no reason. And it's like mindlessly, I'll be on YouTube watching video games and, and I'll be on Twitch and that these things aren't bad. These things are not bad, but in small doses, perhaps, you know, in the same way, I would suspect that as a society in the coming years, we will learn that these devices, these social media, social media platforms and cell phones, I was like, oh, these things uh, are powerful. And these things are kind of potentially hacking the way that our brain has developed, you know, in terms of you look back at the history of humans, you know, we are the guinea pigs for this technology. The internet is like 35 years old or something. Like mm-hmm. we are the first people to interact with this stuff. And with this stuff, I think there are a lot of negative sides to this technology. And we potentially are going to learn about this in the coming years. Um, but that, that story actually came, that came up this year. That was on people's minds with, you know, Netflix had the social dilemma. Um, and that was a big thing, but, uh, with the black plague raging and politics, that story has fallen <laughs> off the, the, the mind of most people. I think not, not a lot of people are talking about it anymore. Yeah. I think it's mostly a problem with our brains, right? I think our yeah. brains need to be fixed. It, well, it's, it's, I mean, think about it from an evolution standpoint, you know, Our brains are attracted to food, Mm -hmm. light, uh, stimulating activity, because hundreds of years ago, these things were literally the difference between life and death. If you're out in the wild and, you you know, you find a fire, that's going to be a massive dopamine hit to your brain, because that means you can go to the fire and you can live and you survive. Now, basically, the smartest people in the world, like the smartest people in the world, some of them are in Silicon Valley and potentially working on very evil things <laughs> to 
capture our attention. You know, we're in an attention economy and I, I am part of this. I make content. The more people watch my content, the more money I can make, the better I do, you know? So I am part of this, this system, but we're in this attention economy where, where we are creating apps and devices, not to benefit people's lives, but to absolutely maximize the time that they spend on that device. And if that is the goal, I feel like mm, that could have some bad consequences. So how how are you uh, how are you trying to to fix this one? Yeah, this one's bad because I'm I'm fully in, man. I'm completely <laughs> addicted to my cell phone. We're gonna couple. We're kind of kind of come up with some things for the next year of you know just like after nine p.m. You simply cannot be on your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, even physically removing the device to another room, I think, could be something that we work on. Especially you know we have kids coming up. I am just going to be hyper aware of uh, my child uh, on these uh, iPads and stuff, but. So that's, that's something I'm looking towards. And, and, you know, now that I've something that can happen also is uh, I think, especially in the poker world, if someone gets a little like taste of success, let's say they have a big win or something. Someone's, oh my goodness. Let's just keep going. They can often keep their foot off the gas and ease up on the study time, not really check their mistakes anymore. Kind of just like play on autopilot more. This happens all the time. So this next year, I'm going to really try to stay dedicated of like, okay, you know, even though I just had a, a very amazing month, that does not mean I can skip study time. I have to look at the hands from the previous day. And uh, the, my coaches have been warning me about this effect and not to fall into this trap. Yeah. So you're going to continue with the studying, even though it sucks. It's dry, dude. It's not fun, man. It's not fun. It's like, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those short-term sacrifices for long-term benefits kind of things for sure. Yeah, man, I'm looking at these, you know, these computers and it's, you know, looking at the difference between ACE three offsuit and ACE four offsuit and, and these really in-depth poker theory strategies. It's pretty dry overall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else, anything else that you're, uh, you're trying to, it's a pain point here. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's funny sometimes in the, when you're living, you can't really realize the, uh, the pain point as it happens. Um, that that's the big one. That's my big new year's resolution this year. Um, I think, but, uh, yeah, that's the one that stands out. Do you have any resolutions, Taryn? Do you got anything you're looking forward to this year? I mean, less so like resolutions, more just like, uh, you know, just continuing to try yeah. to to improve various areas. I'm also like uh, currently dealing with an injury, um, mm. which is, has sort your, of like, your back has been giving you troubles, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got an MRI. Um, it's uh, I, I tore something in my back. Uh, I've, I've apparently had like a weakness in my spine since probably I was born. Um, wow. that I just never, like I've always just worked through it. Um, but it finally sort of like, uh, tore something. (laughs) Ow. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like right now it's like trying to adjust the trajectory of like, okay, I was Mm. like heavy lifting, um, you know, going in this direction. Now I have to figure out like, what does, what does that path look like now? Uh, what kind of things can I do to stay in shape and strengthen everything and make sure that I'm still like healthy and not in pain? Wow. That is awful. That an injury, I've had very minor injuries, nothing like that. And and they are a pain in the butt. They are awful. Yeah. And you're young. You don't want to deal with back issues. That's like not supposed to happen to you under 30, you know? So hopefully, hopefully that gets solved coming up. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I'm going to be hitting the gym hard. We got, we got big goals physique wise this year. I got, I got this awesome Ukrainian trainer, uh, but it, that's just something, that's just the way that I respond. If, you know, if people are looking uh, to, 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 to make a change, you know, I, like you, what you said earlier, it's like some people say, Oh, you're, you're Kevin Martin or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is not achievable or whatever. That's why I often talk about this stuff. That's why I bring this up. And there is a section of the community that every time I bring up this positive stuff, these positive changes I've made in my life, they're they're like, Oh, shut up. Come on. We don't want to hear this from you, but I I feel like I'm going to keep talking about it because these are changes that are not that hard. Yeah. There is some sacrifice to be made, but you know, I am having such a revitalization in terms of energy and perception and presence. And I was like, Man, I mean, I feel like so many people, if they adopted some of these life changes, could just just reach a better like quality of life, and and and, and things could improve a little bit more. Obviously, there's a there's a lot of people struggling right now, and and you know, I've I've had a pretty pampered life. I've always had food, you know, I've always had shelter. There's some real, 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 real bad situations going on right now, but you take it by day, day by day and you just want to improve a little bit. I think it's very, very, very possible. I'm just a random kid from Northern Alberta, you know, just a random kid and, uh, you know, not particularly intelligent and, you know, gifted in any way. I mean, maybe some things, but my brothers were smarter than me and like, it's just determined, you know, determined. And, and when I look at like, you know, I, in, when I was a teenager, I wrote down goals and stuff, uh, pretty big goals. Win a reality show was one of my goals. Like, how did that happen, man? You're, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, am I on the Truman show here? Like, is this, is this a setup, man? You gotta be kidding me. Like, what are the odds? A random Canadian kid writes down win a reality show and it happens. It's crazy, dude. It's just like, you know, I think it's important to, uh, you know, again, like if, if somebody is like, okay, but you know, this is your situation that you came from this place. I, I think it's also important though, to be able to see that, you know, some random kid, uh, was able to shoot for the moon. Um, and, uh, and you know, he's, he's, uh, halfway there, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like that's like you, I don't think you would have been able to have the ambition to do that if you didn't have any kind of example or any kind of like uh mm-hmm. mindset of like this is possible because i mean you mentioned like you can't you can't just like do something impossible and if it feels impossible you're not going to want to do it you're not going to you're not going to yeah do it. um so you have to feel like yeah this is something that is attainable and it doesn't it doesn't take like oh you know a time machine go back to when you were 18 and set a goal yeah um it's it's you know you were in a bad place just a few years ago and you decided okay, this is it. Um, and you've made a huge change in just two years. Uh, you know, it's every, every passing moment is, uh, another chance to turn it all around. It's a quote from exactly, exactly. And everyone has a different situation. Too many people are, are treating their life like a, a pre-made book. Like they're sitting there reading, flipping the chapters. It, it sounds like a quote from a, you know, a 16 year old on Facebook, but you are literally the one that is writing the pages right now. You're writing the pages. You are actively making decisions that are affecting what happens in your life. And I just cautiously would say life is very precious. It is very short. We do not know when we will die. And in terms of human history, you know, we're going to be here maybe 70 years if we're lucky, 80, 85, who knows medicine could advance. We could live over a hundred, but we will die. We will cease to exist. And, you know, what happens after that is a debate that has been raging on for all human history and will never be solved. But all I'm saying is that this short amount of time, I would value 
very highly. And if you are in a state in life that you are not currently pleased with, look at it and and you might have gotten a bad break. There are different starting points. This is not an even race. Life is not fair. But regardless of where you're at, look at your life and you can make it better and you can make it happen and you can make your dreams come true. I really do believe it. Yeah. Um, you also, uh, you bought a house, right? Yeah. Just bought a house, dude. Just bought a house in Calgary homeowner. Um, who knows, who knows? I potentially got it at the market was really high, you know, mm-hmm. real estate was just booming all over the place, but uh, we got it. It's very, very, very cool. I mean, if you ever want to visit us in Canada, Taryn, I recommend you don't come now. It's, it's minus 20 today. And that has been a warm day. Uh, this yeah, is I like Celsius. it. I like it in the sixties here. Yeah. Well, we, we in Canada, we use the Celsius system. Right. You guys are on the Fahrenheit uh, rock in there. So yeah, it's cold, man. We live very far away from the equator. You guys are a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's good here. Uh, you know, you should come here really is the thing, uh, here in the yeah. winter. Uh, I, I mean the States, I, I, I love to travel right now. Uh, we did travel for Mexico. Travel is at an all time, a difficult level right yeah, now. Yeah. It is, you know, <laughs> man, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I would just love for this pandemic to, 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 as I don't want to say the, I gotta be careful how I word this. The pan, the pandemic has gave me a wake up call in a way. And I think I will always look back at the start of the pandemic of when I really started to like get my act together. And, and start making it happen. Um, but yeah. Oh my God. I mean, we just want this thing to be done. We're deep into this, the, the COVID world now it's, it's mighty unfortunate for my own personal safety. This thing is, has not been on my brain for like over a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, I got vaccinated for my own personal well being. I could die of COVID, but I'm a math guy. I look at numbers all the time. It's not likely. It's just not likely. Even if I do care, I haven't caught it yet, which is amazing. Um, uh, but I mean, that this is what we were talking about earlier. The entire world as a whole, this is, this, this is what's happening. And this is crazy. There's a, most of what's happening here is the globalization of communication with the internet and social media. We have more information than ever. Again, in the olden days, if we were growing up, we would be historically a human uh, hunter-gatherer. We'd probably be in a tribe of 300 people. We are aware of what's happening in the tribe. That's it. There's no other communication, right? You are with your tribe. Somebody would die one day or whatever. There would be you know, ups and downs, but you wouldn't be bombarded with everybody's problems and everybody's opinions on everything. We are now in a global pandemic for the first time with this social media, with this globalization of communication. And it's just a shit show because people don't know what's going on. The, you know, the state of like knowledge is at an all time low. We just don't know what's true. We don't know what to trust. We don't, I believe in terms of belief in government or authority are, we're at an all time low. It's just this wild state of chaos, but I am excited to see where the next 10 years go. I think a lot of things are happening. I am a person who's optimistic on the human spirit and the human uh, determination rather than pessimistic. There's a lot of bad shit going on, but guess what? We aren't talking about the good shit, Taryn. We aren't talking about the good stuff. Life expectancy, all time high literacy rates. More humans are reading than ever before. There is a lot of poverty going on, but we are working towards these issues. Like things are getting better. It's just that 
in terms of that attention economy, people always focus on the negative. And there is a lot of negative going on, no doubt about that. There's a lot of positive going on that just doesn't get talked about, doesn't get the clicks, doesn't get the attention. Um, but we are in basically an amazing time as well. In terms of human history, Tara, we're in like the top 0.1% of, of quality of life. You know, like, like we have a cell phone, we have running water, we have a shower. These are things that most of humans who have ever lived have never experienced. Like we got it pretty good. Yeah. Uh, see, I, it's, I feel like, I feel like I was more optimistic before the last two years in terms of society. It's understandable. Like, Very I, like, understandable. I, I feel like, I feel like we are, you know, ancient Rome and, uh, like there's going to have to be some kind of, uh, um, you know, there's a chance destruction <laughs> before something better builds uh, again. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um but yeah i i also like you know i i I do think it's important to it's something that i i really try to focus on a lot is remembering even just within my own life like where i came from and where i am now um and being appreciative of it um and just like being grateful for where i am and i think that's very true of like you know on a societal level and the quality of life and all of that stuff um, but I do still think all the time about like, uh, like all of the, the things that could still be better. Um, like there's I, a like, long list of those. Yeah. Like, I, like I see, I see like cracks in the road and I'm like, man, sometime in the future, it's going to be zero cracks in the road because it's just, it's just ah. perfect. Look perfect all the time because there's a fabricator that just keeps the roads yeah. perfect all the time. Like, uh, it's, uh. We, I think we talked about this the four years ago, and I think we talked about like freezing our brains or something like. Oh this. yeah, dude, we were like, we we're like, maybe we, you know, if you could pause your life and resume in like a hundred years, you know, yeah. would you take that option? Um, I mean, that there's a lot of cracks, dude. There's a lot of what about what yeah. about like climate change, dude? That's just gonna get that's just a bill that's gonna get put on, you know, you know. Yeah. There's there's gonna be a lot of chaos coming up. I'm excited, man. Bring it on. We got technology changing. We got, we got so much revolutionary stuff happening. Um, who knows? Well, maybe we'll be living in the, uh, the metaverse in a couple of years here, Taryn. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I am also an avid dabbler in, uh, NFTs. Mm. I have a digital house. You have You're a welcome. digital house. Yeah, I have a digital house. I bought a real house and I bought a digital house. Uh, uh, gonna... You, I feel like you have explained this to me, and I still don't fully understand. I think, I think, I, one, I think the reason I don't understand is because it doesn't actually make sense. Um, <laughs> because dude, I, I, I kind of potentially feel the same way with you. I have a strong con- conviction with uh, cryptocurrency. I believe. That is very legit. And for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. NFTs, I don't really have that conviction yet. These things could be like, you know, the Beanie Babies is right. what people compare them to. The Beanie Babies, and you know, in the late 80s, when everyone was buying Beanie Babies for lots of money, they thought these things would be worth thousands of dollars and the entire market collapsed and they were worth nothing. I know? had Beanie Babies. You had a Beanie yeah. Baby. Uh, I, I've heard stories of this, but the, the Beanie Baby bubble, um, <laughs> that, that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah so, so NFTs are they ugly too? Like they're kind of just lame. Oh, I loved mine. I had like uh, a, I had like a Red Sox one. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a green one. Yeah, yeah. I do. Do you know what? I I don't know too much about NFTs, but I w- I will tell you one thing. Why I have such a strong conviction with cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, 
by the way, I'm not a trader or anything. I have bought different uh, things and I just hold them mostly. Uh, and I hope it goes well, but who knows? It is all up to, it is all up to uh, a couple of things out of my control. The one thing, Taryn, I, I want to explain this concept to you, and I think you'll will understand it. Why, basically, why I think this stuff is going to be very powerful is they have discovered a way to create rarity on the internet. That's why. That's my one sentence, if I could give you a... For crypto. Uh, they, have dis- they have discovered a way to create rarity on the internet. The internet is unbelievably powerful. We all use this thing forever. I'm talking to you from you know a, a, a long ways away. This is very common in our life nowadays. Basically, the thing with the internet, though, is in terms of items and digital commodities, they were never able to create rarity. If you put a picture on the internet, I could screenshot it and make a million. (laughs) So the ability to place worth on that picture was very, very low. But essentially, this new blockchain technology, they have actually created a way to keep track of digital items and create rarity. Like there is a certain amount of Bitcoin. That Bitcoin will never be added. That is forever. Whether Bitcoin succeeds or not, I don't know. But basically, that amount is always stable. You cannot add to it. You cannot detract. The blockchain is a massive group of computers that is all accountable to each other. They keep track of every transaction uh, and you cannot cheat the system. So that technology, I'm very bullish on. The other NFTs, who knows? Who knows? But that's my like 30 second elevator pitch. So I so like, but what is the what is the mining, though? Because uh, people I know people are using <laughs> graphics cards to mine cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, honestly, we, this is a deep rabbit hole that most of our <laughs> listeners would probably quickly exit out of. <laughs> Uh, and I am also not a guy that under- understands the tech of it very, very, very uh, intensely. But uh, dude, come to my digital house, bro. I got these. I got these digital horses. I got these digital horses that are gonna make a baby horse. They're gonna breed. <laughs> what is? That? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a virtual John Dutton, dude. I have a range. Can you? Yeah, what, can you? Uh, can you go into this house in the virtual world? Uh, you know, is no. it a picture of a house? <laughs> it is a picture of a house. These, you know, and you also is, have pictures of horses. Yeah. But can you put the pictures together? <laughs> the horse can run around the house. These are just fun little projects I'm dabbling in. I just, I just find it fascinating. It's like the wild west out there, you know. Um, uh, and uh, the, the the poker is the the spaceship. That is the main vessel. If if crypto would provide a little thruster boost as well <laughs> to the moon, that would be it. I would welcome that with open arms. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know that like I've seen people with like uh, who take photos and sell those as NFTs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I think that makes a little more sense in terms of like, this is, this is like a one photo. You're not going to be able to just like steal this essentially. Um, Yeah. Although you still, I think could, right. Just it wouldn't be the actual NFT. Version. Well, there's a a picture of the Mona Lisa is right. not valuable. It contains zero value. The the Mona Lisa contains a lot of value. Um, so that's a potential way to think about it as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pivot. I dude, I love that stuff. It's so it's so fun. It's so interesting. And I mean, I it's 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 crazy out there right now. We'll see what happens in the next ten years. Yeah. I, we, in ten years, we're going to be almost forty, dude. <sighs> That's going to come faster than we think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it 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 took a long. It feels like it took a long time to get to thirty, though. Um, 
Not that You're I'm right. entirely there yet, but uh, you know, I, it, for me, it, like, I mean, you, you talk about like being 25 and seeing a different person, but like, I, like, it feels like an entire lifetime ago that, uh, that yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. But I think, but I think you're right. Like there's probably less change ahead of me than there was behind me in terms of people, people. So I asked my older relatives this as well. And we always, we talk about this, basically the perception of time, Mm -hmm. how your brain views time is very, very interesting. And we talk about this all the time because of course, to a young toddler who is in a 10 minute timeout, that is basically a life sentence. Yeah. They cannot comprehend sitting there for 10 minutes, right? And now as an adult, at least for me, entering my 30s very soon, the days are going faster. The days are kind of, oh, wow, it's 9 p.m. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought I just woke up. Um, so the perception of time, the, the main argument for that is people say, well, uh, percentage-wise, every minute that a child lives through, it is a bigger percentage of their life. So relatively, they view it as a longer amount of time. There's another theory that I have thought uh, been introduced to that the brain interprets time differently in the future based on the present. Basically, if you have a lot of different things going on in your life, different experiences, different things going on, you will look back at that period of time and be like, wow, that time feels like it was stretched. That was actually a lot going on there. I feel like time did not go fast. Whereas let's say you're in lockdown in your apartment for 180 days, you don't really do much besides play video games. You are going to look back at that period of time and wow, that time flew by because your brain doesn't have any milestones to identify the length of time with. Um, but yeah, that is one thing I'm worried about as well, how the days are going faster. Like I love life. I really enjoy uh, almost every day, if not even the bad days. I'm like, this was, this was good. This was okay. I could sign up to this experience. Um, So, I mean, I I am worried about that as well, especially when you get older and older, my relatives and my mom and keep saying, oh, wow, days fly by even faster. I'm like, they're going fast enough. I want to I want to do whatever I can to slow that process. Well, no, I I think the it's it's completely right. The experiencing new things versus the same things. Right. Like even like that's just how your brain operates. Like when you when you're looking at something stationary objects will just eventually just like you won't even see them because your brain just shuts off like it just shuts off it's like uh, it's irrelevant it's like compression mm. compressing images right um and so i feel like yeah you, your brain does the same thing with memory where i think that when the pandemic hit a lot of people were like this felt like it's been it feels like it's been forever but it also felt weirdly like yeah. it just happened and i think that's because it was a, an entirely new experience for everybody yeah. and so that felt like it dragged but the new experience was the same thing over and over and over and so it was like uh it felt like it dragged but also i know like what happened it just it just in the blink of an eye seems to be now um and so i i think about that a lot in terms of trying to um you know in, in terms of like i always want to try to do i'm like i'm such a, a creature of habit and i like routine mm. a lot um, but I'd also do like to make sure that I'm doing something that's new, um, to sort of be like, uh, make sure that I'm, I don't know, just experiencing new things and, and it, lengthening my lifespan in terms of yeah. memory. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what I mean. If your brain perceives time, I want to live the longest perceived time possible. You yeah. know? <laughs> I want to max this baby out. Hey, whatever, if they have a pill in like 40 years, I, I I was talking to my friend about this the other day. Let's say right now a genie appeared to you and said, how long do you want to live? 
first of all, choosing forever, I think would be the most terrifying option. Like imagine you live forever. Like mm. that would be, that would be pretty, I don't, I don't know if I would sign up to that. Um, but I, I came up with 5,000 years. I think if I could live a 5,000 year life, I just feel like I'm almost 30. And not only have I not scratched everything off the bucket list, more shit gets added all the time. Like there's so much to do. There's so much to do. I'm in this tiny niche thing with poker. There's so there's esports. There's you know Wall Street. There's there's seven billion people on the planet right now. We are going to interact with almost none of them. It's like the endless, vast array of experiences that are available for humans is is unlimited. It's infinity and. Uh, uh, I, I feel like a hundred years, if we live that long, is not enough. Oh no! I, when you said five thousand, my mind immediately went to you know year five thousand, being like, "Damn it! I really should have <laughs> done way. I should have added a zero at least. I should have gone, gone for twenty five k year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, dude, I, I, I just, I, it's so there's you know all this, uh, you know, this crypto NFTs. I think this stuff is super exciting. You know, we have a potential kid coming up right now. It's like, there's just so much going on, man. There's just so much going on. And and I think about, you know, God forbid, we were driving on the highway last uh, last night in some pretty bad road conditions. And whenever we're driving, I'm like, honey, I, I talk about this Peely all the time. Statistically, if we were to die at a young age, a car accident is probably the most likely thing. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm in a car, I was like, honey, <laughs> we're doing really good this year. Like we're having, we're, we're, you know, we're living a good life. Like let's make sure we're dialed in when we're driving <laughs> the car just because the math that's, you know, uh, so yeah. I, I, I like the idea of like, uh, you know what? It's not been a great year. It's, it's all right. Just, you don't need to be too cautious. <laughs> Sign up to be a truck driver. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, that's fun. Yeah, I am driving a lot more here. Uh, which, be careful. Which is, uh, you know, less fortunate. But but the roads are also a lot bigger. And they feel they feel less dangerous. We I don't know if they ice. are. We have ice is a yeah. normal part of our environment here in Canada. No ice here. Uh, it's road. I don't know. Some some people come to Canada for the first time. I, I had an Irish friend come to Canada, and he hung out in Edmonton, Alberta, during the winter. He's like, I've never been in a place this cold. Like this is cold. I was like, Yeah, this is very, very, very cold. You know, uh, the northern climate. There's a reason why not a lot of people live up here. Why Why are you still there? Why are you staying there? I love Canada, man. The mate, we got the maple syrup. We, you know, we got the silly accent. My American friends make fun of me. They're like, you have such a Canadian accent. I don't hear it personally. Uh, Canada is just great, dude. The poker scene here is great. Um, oh, you know, poker I, is a big, a big deal for a poker player to be in Canada. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the, 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 the tax rules are, yeah. are pretty good for us. <laughs> I, I pay taxes. I pay taxes. But in terms of... Uh, for for a poker player, it's pretty good, <laughs> dude. The other day, I went to the bank, and uh, you know, I just had. The, I mean, the exciting thing uh, about the recent month of success is like I had that big win, but I also like you know I was winning other online tournaments, and then I got second in a live tournament. Like it was a combination; it wasn't like one random spike off. It was like a couple mm-hmm. of things. It was like where we were really cooking. Anyway, I went to the bank to deposit some money. And the lady looked at me and I could see it in her eyes. I could see it in her eyes. She's like, she's like, you're dealing cocaine, young man, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, it, it, that's the option. I mean, either a poker player or a drug dealer. Thankfully, I'm not the second one. Mm. Um, I could see it, though. I could see it in her eyes. Yeah. 
How do you, how do you deal with the cold? Uh, I feel like that's, it's, that's, that's why I needed to get out of Boston. Yeah, it's cold up here, but I, you know, I, I grew up in this climate. Peely is the one who always, you know, Peely grew up in Mexico mm. until she was 16 and she's like, Oh, holy shit. It's so cold. Whatever. The, you know, we got a magical furnace that heats the air in our house. Another, another thing is if you're a human where you have a air conditioning or a furnace where you can artificially control the temperature of the air in your house, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you don't have much to complain about. If you've had a bad day, your life is pretty good. Uh, it's not too bad, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cold though very cold the air hurts your face you go there in minus 35 degrees celsius it's like whew. yeah that was that was always the biggest thing is that you like you leave the house and it feels like your health bar is just slowly <laughs> going down every second you're just like slowly taking a small amount of damage yeah. you guys me and, Ter- me and taryn play video games together all the time it was potentially uh uh we play halo as mm-hmm. well and Tara is just such a beast. You're such, you're so good at, you're so good at it. There's some people that are just good. You're just, you're just a, you're a problem solver. That's all it is. Every mm-hmm. game is just a different set of problems where you can like learn how to get better. You're such a beast at Halo. It makes me jealous, but it's good because I want to get to your level <laughs> and I'm going to be putting in some work to, to, to increase my skill level. I mean, that was, the, I mean, that's exactly an example of what I was talking about when I, when yeah. I was a kid. So you're just like the, the God gamer of your group. Every friend group had like mm. one kid that was just to smash everybody well, else yeah well part of it is that xbox live started um when that's i was right a kid. that's right and we're basically exactly the same age yeah yeah exactly um and i was like the first person in like my whole town basically that to get xbox i don't know how it happened um you know i was in like a rich town and i was n- like nowhere near uh that level um, but I was like big into gaming and, uh, and so for whatever reason I like discovered it and, and I got onto Xbox live way before anyone else did. And so I was playing with like the world and getting better and better and better. Yeah. And I was already better than my friends. So, and so just- yeah. And so by the time they like finally jumped onto Xbox live, it was like, uh, like, Oh my God, like, like, <laughs> like you're a God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I just lived, I just lived on Xbox live. Um, I had friends, uh, you know, yeah. it was great. Did you hear what, did you hear what this is? This is interesting. We talked about this a little bit with, you know, potential addiction to devices. Mm. Uh, but it's been interesting to, you know, I'm not super dialed in on, on China or what they're doing, but I just, I, the, the recent story that really caught my attention was that the government put in hours of regulation for kids to play video games. Did you see that? Uh, in China? Yeah, the government stepped forward and said, I think it's like, I, I don't know the actual rules, but they put down a law. It's the law over there. You know, that's a, a different level of uh, uh, culture that we live in here in the West. West here, we're all about our freedom and we can mm. do what we want. But, uh, you know, like potentially, I just thought that was a fascinating thing based off of what we were talking about. You know, potentially a, a beneficial thing for a child, you know, not to play 17 hours of Halo for the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if you want your government telling you to do that that seems a little icky to me <laughs> yeah well i mean i i think there's also um sort of uh there's a lot of games i mean speaking of gambling there's a lot of games mm-hmm. that have delved into the sort of gambling realm yeah the loot boxes, loot boxes and stuff. Yeah. yeah and they've really i mean talk about you know attention economy they've really tapped into that and so in like 
you, you know, there are lots of laws against gambling, especially for kids. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that some avenues of gaming have ventured into this place of basically introducing gambling to kids. And so there's definitely like a lot of, I think, regulation that probably should be done with regards to that. And I think there yes. is there is a, a decent amount of it, not uh, but probably not like uh, to the level of all all games are limited yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean just just like we we talk you know you have to be 18 in alberta to buy alcohol you have to be uh 18 to buy cigarettes like these are things that you know once you reach adulthood yeah you're an adult live your life but uh these are you know i think we're going to add some other things to the list you know uh coming up just to stay where you know, i'm going to be reading about it this taryn if fatherhood's in my future i'm going to mm-hmm. i'm going to be hitting the books you know what's what's going on here what's happening i don't want to just let my child just be sucked in by the ipad 24 hours a day i feel like the i feel like one of the big things that most i imagine most parents or soon-to-be parents go through is uh what don't I want to do that I experienced? Yeah. Uh, do you have something like that or multiple things? Um, so like what's you you know, what yeah, there are like some bad things that happened in my childhood that I don't want my kid to go through, basically. Yeah, there's yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like I said, we were we were fine. Um uh, we had food, we had shelter, but uh, you know, I always wanted to like play certain sports and we couldn't do it because financially we just, you know, hockey, for example, like the hockey kids were so cool and young Kevin just wanted to be a hockey player. So every year I'd be like, Mom, dad, can I play hockey this year? And they're just like, sorry, Kevin, you can't. But uh, thankfully I was able to play some other sports in absence of hockey. But uh, that was one thing growing up and, uh, you know, just being a little, uh, we also moved around a bunch as a child, active moving. I think that could be slightly damaging. I would like my children to have like really nice lifelong friendships with some kids as well. We have some, we have some great, you know, friends here in Calgary that I'm excited to, to, to potentially raise kids alongside with as well. So those are, those are just a couple of things. And, you know, uh, <laughs> there's a couple other that I might keep closer to my chest, but we'll go with those, you know? Yeah. What, what do you, what do you feel like is, um, the most, like, uh, if, if there, if you had to choose one thing, like this is mm-hmm. the one thing I'm going to be able to impart, uh, onto my children. Um, yeah. you know, like, uh, like when I, when I die, this is going to be the thing that they are like, this is, this yeah. is the thing that I got from my dad. Uh, what, what do you think that would be? Yeah. Um, intense determination, intense determination that whatever they set their mind to, they can do it. They have to figure out a way to do it, but they can do it. Um, I think that is, is very, very, very important. Like, you know, um, I, I don't want them to be spoiled either. I want them to potentially, you know, I like, this was, I didn't have any money as a teenager. I was like, okay, I didn't have any money. You know, I survived till grade nine without any money. That's fine. Once you get in high school, you kind of need money to operate socially with your friends. Like you need a little bit of money. So I was like, I need money. What can I do? So I started a lawn mowing business. I had a lawn, you know, mower. I would go and mow everyone's lawn and they would pay me. And then I started actually selling. uh, (laughs) I mean, this is one of my favorite stories because it's so funny to laugh at, but, but my class loved pop. There was kids in my class. I would say about one in every three kids in my class would dummy a Coke once per day. Some would drink like two sodas per day, which I don't think is great for, you know, a 12 year old basically. So I saw these kids, they would get money from their parents. They would come to school and they would go to the vending machine and they would buy a soda for $2. 
I was like, whoa, that's kind of expensive. Uh, I can go to the store and mass buy this stuff at a way cheaper price. <laughs> so I did. I went and bought a bunch of soda and I had ice packs and I put it all in my fridge. And then at recess, I just started telling people, I was like, uh, you can walk down way over there and buy a soda for two bucks, or you can come to my locker right now and I'll sell it for a dollar twenty five. And they're like, and I change or so I I started selling product out of my locker. Um, and it was really successful, man. They I mean it was the same thing. Why would you spend two bucks when you can get it for a dollar twenty five? So kids every recess, people would like for a while, people was like, Oh, Kevin has sewed out of his locker. So people would just like come and kind of line up and I would do the transactions and I was making money. I was like, this is, that's some entrepreneurship <laughs> as a child, you know, they shut it down though. The, you know, the, the school quickly put a stop to it. I was beating them, dude. If they wanted to teach me like proper economics, they would have countered at a better price point. You know, they wouldn't, they, they did exactly what they teach against. They, they shut it down and they just said, we have a monopoly on the situation. <laughs> That was a little well, disappointing. That, in some ways, that is the real uh, lesson, yeah, it's real, uh, right? Yeah. The real lesson of the small guy never wins in the, in the yeah. global economy. I was beating them at their game, man. Again, if, if they they should have just, I, I I thought that was, but you know, I I pitched my case. Their their reasons, their their reason was so dumb. It's like first you sell pop, next you'll sell drugs. <laughs> Did stupid. they really? Yeah, they're like they're like this could easily be a gateway for like a bigger problem. <laughs> Coca Cola, the gateway I, I mean, products. I got in trouble a lot as a child. My parents said I was bored in like high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just I was just I was bored, man. I was very very bored. And if I respected the teacher, I bought into the class and I was there and I was a productive part of the class. I didn't, I didn't risk. There was a, a chunk of my teachers that I thought were a bit of a joke. <laughs> so I, I created chaos and I was a, a brat and I would get sent to the office. And, uh, but ah, I have a good relationship with most of them. It's like you talk back a lot. Yeah. Just be a smart aleck. And I thought I was smarter than them and stuff, you know, just like a little bratty 17 year old. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very much not me. That was like, were you, uh, were you a well behaved child? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, ever get in trouble? No, no, I never got in trouble. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, like, uh, like, I feel like I, I, like, I feel like I can remember the few times where like, oh man, that one time I didn't do my homework and, uh, had to like stay after yeah. school or whatever. Um, it was traumatizing. I was like, uh, it's, uh, never again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I had detention and, and it was really bad because if I got sent to the office, my dad was a teacher. So there was like a big, like, it was always like a sweat. It's like, cause if I could sit in the office and period would expire, I could go back to class and like, keep it hush hush. Like they wouldn't, my parents wouldn't find out, but he often saw me in there. And then, you know, that was extra punishment. He would get mad and stuff. But, uh, dude, I mean, high, high school is, is in hindsight, um, the actual marks you get, there might be a small coordination between real life success and, and grades. But if it's, if it's, if it's there, I bet you it would be kind of small, mm-hmm. you know, um, the education system is sus. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very you know it's it's tough. It's tough. That's that's why I was so intrigued by this uh, this whole yeah. idea of like the homeschooling thing. Um, I I think that's really smart. I think it's really smart. If you if you it's just tough though. A lot of people just don't have that at their disposal, yeah. and that's something I'm going to look into. You know, if most families are just the parents are both working, the kids need to go to school. That's just the way it is. It's just uh, the education you get. Yeah. 
And and it's also like uh, it's it's definitely something where it's like you you wouldn't want that for you wouldn't want everybody to be homeschooling. No, you know I mean? there are lots of people yeah. who I'd be like, yeah. you should not be in charge of a person's education. But I'm, honestly, there are probably plenty of people in charge of schools that I would say the same about. So I don't know. Yeah, I have some I have some family members who are just like so intelligent. I was like, but I was like, God, you guys could have used like you know, a little hazing in junior high or, you know, a little more social interaction, I think would have been good for the system. Uh, they're nerds. I, I love my family. I have a nerdy uh, academic family here in Canada. I'm like the, elk, I'm, I'm not an outcast. I'm like the black sheep. I'm like mm-hmm. the, the wild one, you know, they're like, do you, <laughs> do you get along with them? Well, yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't, they don't really, you know, it's hard for them to relate to my career. It's hard, potentially hard to relate for them to relate to my interests. Um, they're also a lot of them are religious, uh, hardcore religious, which, uh, Hey, do your thing, you know, do your thing or whatever. But, um, that sometimes can, can muddy the water a little bit in the relationship, but no, I have, I have a good family. They're very good. Do they, do they feel like, uh, does it feel like they, they want to like push it on you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something again, I've been working through, you know, with my, my therapist or whatever is that, I mean, everyone can probably relate is that family is family and and but sometimes you're not going to understand each other sometimes you're just different you know sometimes it's going to be hard to reach an agreement i mean we just all went through the holidays i i like the holidays i like the holidays somebody said i think i like the day-to-day a little more than the holidays you know but like i just i i just get excited about the year and everything coming up that where the holidays was like okay we can wrap this up i'm done with the holidays um no they're, they're really really good but you know i every family goes through this, you know, like with your 80 year old grandmother, are are they going to really understand everything you're into? There's such a time gap or whatever, but, um, uh, they're, they're, they've come to accept my decisions a little more of late than potentially they did six or seven years ago when I was just starting. But yeah, they, I mean, would any of them go on big brother ever? Not a chance, <laughs> not a single one of them. Would any of them ever go back a second time? No way. You know, whatever them, you know, make poker content. No, it's just, it's just a different thing that I'm into. Yeah. Uh, do, do you, does, does that like make you sad that, uh, that like you're not able to connect with them in that It way? did for a long time, Taryn. It's a great question. It did for a long time. And this is something I was working through with, with, with my therapist is like, you know, I'm having so much success in what I'm going after right now. It's like, this is unbelievable. I want certain members of my family, like my grandmother and my mother to be excited for me. You know, Mm -hmm. they love me. They should be excited for me. But just with the, the hard dose of religion, sometimes regardless, you know, I could, I could become the best poker player in the world. I don't know if they're still going to reach that full level of support, but that's okay. The way I think about it, the way I think about it is that when we gather, we are all making an effort to be there and spend time with each other. And that's the most important thing, even though sometimes the dialogue isn't super smooth or sometimes there's uh, you know, some disagreements. The fact that we're gathering as a family, that is what is important. And when, you know, they're very hardcore religious, when, when potentially, you know, hey, if you're hardcore religious into what you believe, you know, if they truly believe what they believe, I'm going to help. I would try to convert me as well. And that's the way that I kind of translate it. Whenever they bring that up or whenever they, you know, pray for me or whatever, I just convert that language to that. They love me and they care about me. And that's the way I think about it now. I no longer try to, you know, debate or argue where, where five years ago I might've, I just simply, it is what it is. They love me. I love them. We're not the same person, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's, 
it's it's a it's a tough sort of thing to wrap your head around and accept. Mm-hmm. Um, but once once you do, uh, like there's because I I think at the end of the day, like even once you do accept it, it's it's in my for me at least, right? It was like. Like I was able to turn my childhood into something positive, right? Because I was able to like, oh, the, the clawing my way out of that well, yep. gave me who I am. Um, yep. But there's like, no matter how you spin a, a family situation, like there's still like, there's nothing that that can make up for the loss of like, I don't have this thing and I will never yeah. have this thing. Um, and, uh, and that's like, that's where it's like, oh, like, but you know, you can you can get to a place where you understand why it is the way it is and you can sort of um recognize that you know this is this is these are this is who they are this is yep. the situation i'm in and i'm okay with that uh but uh but there's always that just piece of just like man you know uh wouldn't it be great dude i, I absolutely but that acceptance and that and that that's one reason why i'm very determined into having an, an amazing family with peely and and Mm-hmm. giving that to our children where I, I did miss a piece of that. And, you know, uh, a piece of that was missing. So to give that to our children is, is the next goal, you know? Yeah. And I, and I feel like that, that that's, that's always why, like, even when I was a kid, uh, I knew that, that someday I wanted to have kids because I felt like the only, the only way to truly like unburden my mm. soul from this, from this would be to, uh, to be able to give it to somebody else, uh, mm-hmm. to give, give them the, the whole, the whole thing, give them the, 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 the good stuff, um, that I, that I was not able to have. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, very wise. It's a, it's a tough thing, but it look, I mean, it, 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 like you said, it made you, Yeah, it made you Tarrant, one of the, you know, the biggest podcaster in the reality world, the guy who's good at every game he touches, the guy who's determined, the guy who's built his brand, you know? Like, uh, this is all a benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and that's again, like, that's the thing. Like I, I, I sort of, it, it feels like I was forged (laughs) by these things. Cause like, it was really like, uh, cause again, I feel like it's like, there are times cause there's different levels of like self-improvement. I think, you know, what you're going through right now, what I'm going through right now is like, you know, we're okay, but we want to go to the moon. Um, But there's the other one that was when I was a kid, which was just like, I will not survive mm. unless I change, uh, unless something it's like something has to give. Yeah. Uh, and and, it, and it's like after waiting and waiting and waiting, it's not happening around me. So it has to be me. Um, mm. And so, uh, you know, that's like that's how I got to where I am now. And that's like and through that experience, it it showed me that things can change and that I can change yeah. and that like that reaching things like the moon, uh, those things are possible. Uh, because before that, like the concept of any of it was, I yeah. like it's, you know, Plato's cave, like I, it's, uh, your surroundings are your entire world and it doesn't feel like there's ever any kind of escape from that. Um, but, uh, but there, there always is. It's just, uh, it's just, you, you can't always see the path. Absolutely. Very well said. Very, very, very well said things are things are a lot more things are a lot more flexible than we think they are mm-hmm. basically yeah we're obsessed with absolutes in our brain for some reason our human brain is really uh, a big fan of putting things in categories yeah. and absolutes right wrong two plus two equals four but in life uh, things are a lot more flexible 
and non-determined uh, than we think. For example, I mean, uh, you know, this was also one reason why I just got super motivated the last couple of years to make it happen is, is reading, doing some research. I always thought there were smart people and dumb people. That's kind of how I perceived it. Oh, some people, that person's smart. That person's bright. Well, this person isn't bright. This person's a little bit dumb, but they've done studies on this. They've done actual scientific research to measure people's intelligence. And there is small changes at the top and bottom of the spectrum. But the theory and what they discovered is that Almost everybody in between. So those are the top 1%, the bottom 1%. Basically, everyone else is kind of on the same playing field. And there is a thing as natural talent. I think talent is massively overrated. Mm-hmm. Massively, massively, massively overrated. Um, people can be talented at stuff, but it is the people who are determined, who have the resources and put in the work to make it happen. Um, so that was another big encouragement of like, okay, you know, uh, there's some very bright people. I, you know, I'm not that person. There's some people who are sadly mentally challenged. I'm not that person. I'm somewhere in the middle. Can I rise to the top and make it happen through some, some grit and determination? Yeah. And here you are. We're making it happen, Taryn, dude. We're making it happen. One time, man. Come on, dude. Well, oh. Kevin, I, I, I'm so, I'm so glad that, uh, that we're friends. Uh, yeah, uh, me too. I, I like, uh, this was a great opportunity to chat. Um, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be playing Halo in the future. Um, but, uh, I'm happy to have you in my life. You're, you're a positive force. I appreciate that, bro. I've always, I've always thought the same about you, man. I, you know, I always thought you were, uh, you know, some people just, just shine in, in certain moments. And I, I, I always thought the world of you as well. So I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, and thank you for coming on, uh, four years later, uh, it's in, in 20, uh, 25 at the end of, uh, at the end of yeah. 2025, uh, what are we going to be talking about four years from now, dude, who knows potential children, potential. I hope we're here in four years. I hope the world is spinning. I think yeah. it will be, who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll update career wise. We'll see how the, you know, we'll, we'll every four years we'll come and do a deep dive here. Wow. We hit the two hour mark, man. That was a lot of fun. That was a really good conversation. I appreciated that. And there it is. That was Kevin. Thank you so much for listening to this, this, this talk. It was a good time. It was a fun time. Uh, well, that's what I have from Kevin. We had, uh, we ran through a few big brother Canada guests here at the start of big brother Canada 10. It's around the time we're releasing this podcast, but we have survivor 42 coming up. And so I figured I would uh, kick off the Survivor season as well with a, another another new fun guest, uh, somebody that I've been meaning to talk to for a long time, one of my favorite people. Next week, I'll be speaking with Tyson Apostle. Tyson from Survivor. Very excited to, uh, to, to get that one out. I hope you enjoy that one next week. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Make sure you come and find me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong. Make sure you're also finding me on Discord. Uh, Right now, the way to get onto the Discord is through Twitch, but I'm hoping that we can find some other methods in the future. Uh, I want to be spending some more time in there, putting out some some extra content in there if you are interested in hanging out with me over in the Discord. Uh, Make sure you also find me over on Twitter at ArmstrongTaryn, doing all kinds of other stuff at the moment, but those are those are the constants. You can always find me over on Twitch, Discord, or Twitter, uh, even if you're listening to this over in the future, you future listeners. But that's what I've got for you. Thank you again so much for, uh, for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed the, the conversation. It was really just us chatting for a bit. Uh, but, uh, but that's what we've got. Thank you again, and I will see you next time. It's the t-
Terran show. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.